Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, the news brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh for your free 48-minute financial evaluation. I'm glad we're back up because we apparently were down for about five minutes or something like that, but it was not a problem based here. It was the whole shoot match, wasn't it? Yeah, it was something that I wasn't able to solve in-house here. I had to get on the phone with a uh, lovely engineer extraordinaire, Mike Weber. He lovely. solved the problem. He was uh, putting out about seven fires and once, it sounds like, but we were all <laughs> set to go. I got to say... I the, the the listener fan base for this for this show is amazing because yep. there was no lack of um, some most supportive some like kind of ribbing like hey you break something AJ what the hell's going on no because uh, you always do exactly so I appreciate everybody letting us know uh, making aware so we can fix it and now we should be good but don't hesitate to ever let us know again especially nah, me because frankly it's more than likely my fault so oh everything is yeah absolutely doesn't matter what we're talking. That's AJ's fault. I'm just glad we uh, we were able to fix it in time for Chris Eggert to do his fabulous news report because I know he's got so much to talk about. Yeah, well, and he's the best. I should mention, by the way, that the whole Judd report is going to be posted. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Everything. Okay. Everything was recording. Like I said, uh, here it was showing that we were like up and live, so we were recording our audio. It was just uh, the stream was not like accessing to the internet and pushing everything through. So we should be all set. Why did that happen during Eggert's deal? Because nobody get. Oh, wait a minute. Chris is with us oh, right now. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Pally? Nothing. What's up with you guys? Uh, just trying to. Well, I gotta. I gotta open with the question again. One week from today is Thanksgiving. Any special plans to travel? Spend time with the family? What are you, What are you gonna do for Thanksgiving? Uh, we have been doing. Uh, we've been going hunting in Western um, North Dakota. The, really. The weekend after Thanksgiving. So, like, get up at. Three in the morning on that Friday, Ooh. and yeah, I know Tevin. Uh, and then drive Shaking like eight man. hours, and then maybe <clears throat> get a half day of hunting in, and then uh, do it for a couple days, and then come back. How about you? I'm still deeply offended because when I was a kid, I had some friends. They were bow hunters and rifle hunters. Okay, yeah. and at some point, I said why don't you guys ever invite me on your hunting trips? And they said, yeah, we're going to give you a gun in the woods. No. <laughs> and that was their real argument. They said, no way we're giving you a gun and we're in the woods. Not a chance. Well, I mean, you know, safety first. <laughs> you watch your own back. Is that what you're saying? Well, right. you know, safety first. Safety first, Tom. Safety first. But, yeah, a lot of people. My brother-in-law, Terry, is a big hunter, fisher, the whole deal. Man, he loves traveling to, to hunt and fish. Uh, to me, eight hours is a lot. A lot, uh, um, uh, but the hunted the pheasant hunting is unbelievable. Like, you don't you always get your limit, like, it's a great group of people, so it's cool, indeed. So, that's the big plan. You're going to be getting up, but this is the day after Thanksgiving, yeah. Well, that'll be fun. Let me ask you guys this uh, where are you at on turkey for Thanksgiving? Love it, pro, yes. 
all of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's, it's part of the tradition. I feel like, what, do you have an alternative that you're suggesting here? No, but I feel like turkey is kind of, it can be kind of bland and Whoa. it is what it is. And you look forward to that every year, but, mm -hmm. um, and we've tried deep fat frying and we've tried all these different things. Popeye's has supposedly has this like Cajun, oh. uh, Cajun Turkey. Mm -hmm. And it keeps popping up on my feed. Cause I probably clicked on it once. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. And I'm like, Oh my God, that looks amazing. Um, but every time I go on there to try to order it, like it says they don't have it, or I, so I don't, I don't know what's happening. But I, um, it just sounds really good, and I'm like wondering how how you guys do your turkey and whatnot. I don't know Catherine does that. She doesn't let me near the kitchen, which I understand. You don't want me cooking. You <laughs> no, know I mean? you don't. You don't cook anything, Tom. I toast. <laughs> you cook toast, or <laughs> that's not really uh, cooking, I suppose. You it's toast something. it. Yeah, you toast bread. I can. Hey, Charlie Brown had that for Thanksgiving one year, so it must be. Oh, did he? Yeah, it's not toast? that bad. Honestly, bread and butter, I would eat that for every meal. Catherine is a phenomenal cook, too. That's the other thing. She's really, really good at it. So you know, I just, I just mentioned like three or four things I'm really bad at. I, I must be in a hell of a good mood. Here's another thing I suck at. But you know, you turn it over to the experts, don't you? You're exactly right. Um, the sign of intelligence is admitting when you don't know something or can't do something. It's a very high level of intelligence. All right. How much cash do you need? Most people won't admit it. <laughs> no, they won't. That's true. They're too filled with pride and they don't want to sound uh, ignorant. But all you can do there in that case is say something stupid and sound even more ignorant than you planned on. So I will tell you what. I have several friends because I met them in clubs through the years. They're very, very highly intelligent pe people. Mm -hmm. Right. They're having a real hard time right now with all this hatred in the world because it, it affects them at a, at a much higher level because of the cognizance. I mean, they look at all levels of this hatred, whereas most people just look at the one flat. Oh, it's because of this or that. Well, they look at the like several levels and it, it really wears them out. It really does. Unfortunately. I mean, I, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I do know it's not. I'm not the, I don't know how the doomsday clock works, but I would guess maybe it got <laughs> right. dialed back a little bit yesterday because um, President Biden and China's President Xi Jinping met and they actually resolved a couple things and maybe turned the temperature down on that situation a little bit, which is, um, you know, uh, I think normally would have been higher played in the news had everything not been going on in the Middle East. But yeah. that, that actually is a good thing. And uh, the United States and China's militaries will talk again now. So something bad doesn't happen, you know, over there in the China Sea and off Japan yeah, and Taiwan. Yeah. And, and so that that was a that was a pretty big thing that happened yesterday. That's a good thing. I mean, I have a little problem with, you know, guys, st a standing ovation for a man who's murdered, what, about 50 million people? I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not the guy's not a, a not without issues, right? But to at least have them talking, I think, um, it, talking is better no matter what. Like, I, yeah, like, that's true. Yeah. Let's let's talk it out before we get in a fight. That was actually Chairman Mao that killed fifty million people too. I just made it up that it was. A, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't know. I don't know if Xi Jinping has killed fifty million people, but <laughs> well, Mao did a great job wiping them out. I'll tell you that. I do know they're going to send tigers over to the United States. Um, they're yeah. going to send pandas to pandas. the United States. Yeah. And everybody's very excited about that. Well, they just said, and I'm not. I'm like, okay, like, 
I'm gl- I'm just glad maybe we can live another couple years without World War Three, at least starting with China. And y'all are worried yeah. about the pandas. Well, okay, good. Where were they again? Was that San Francisco? Well, yes, they were in San Francisco. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. So where are they going to send them this time? Um, send the pandas. Yeah. Does anybody know? Are they doing like a radio tour? Yeah, San Diego, actually. Yeah, that makes sense. Although I would have put them on the East, uh, the East Coast because, you know, they already had them on the West Coast for the last 50 years, right? They were there, I think, right. 50 years. I think maybe a train tour of America. I love yeah. it. With the pandas sitting off the back in the caboose. Waving. <laughs> No I'd run out there. I'd go to the Amtrak station. I'd be the first one in line. Yeah. They could do a light rail tour and go yeah. through oh, uh, Eden yeah. Prairie. Yeah. Yeah. Brittany, you'll, you can wait around for that. Well, that's yeah, right. I think you can't get, even the pandas are going, when the hell are they going to open this track? Let's go. Right? No, I'm just trying to survive out here. I got snot coming out of everywhere, and you guys oh, mentioned this, and it just sake. immediately takes my body and goes, gravity sets in. I don't know. I don't want to know about the fluids coming out of you right yeah, now. Exactly. That's, that was yeah. a little more detail than maybe yeah. we need to know. Here's but the, I, I think if I get into more detail, then you'll get less grossed out. Why don't we get you a sponsor? Bringing you Britney's boogers is, we get, have it sponsored. Is every orifice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every, every It's every oh, orifice. Okay. Why not? Oh, God. Uh, okay. See what I have to put up for three hours a day, Chris. You see oh, what I'm boy. saying? <laughs> it's entertaining. You got to admit oh, that. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much for your support on that one. All right. Any other big headlines we should know about? Uh, what did I was, I, one I wanted to bring up. Did you, did, I can't, did Judd talk about what the fines were? They figured out what the fines were going to be for the, for no. the Timberwolves and nope. um, Draymond Green. He got a five game suspension which I think that's kind of what a lot of people were thinking. Um, Clay Thompson, uh, Jaden McDaniels, Rudy Gobert were all fined $25,000 for their role in the fight that happened Tuesday night. They have to so, work an hour to make that much money. Yeah, like $25,000 to them would be like a nickel. Exactly. Us, right? like, yeah, whatever. Who's the guy that the guy that had the other guy in the headlock? Did he get that's Draymond, Draymond Green? Oh, that's Draymond. So he got, he got suspended. Yeah, and he's a very well-known league tough guy, and that's kind of right. his—that's his deal. I, I mean, I don't know. You think of him as like he would have been great on the Detroit Pistons of back in the day with oh, the building beer and just like a. But every hey, listen, every good basketball team has a dude like that on the team. Yeah, somebody who can just come in and be a a badass. Well, that's why we have Brittany, because if anybody needs to be yeah. beat up, that's why when we I brought her. When I look at this in. team, I automatically call on Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I also so. don't mind getting fined $25,000. That's nothing to me. So. I understand that. Just a little walking so around. You live in Eden Prairie. Yeah, well, look at these dresses. These many nice clothes right. I have. Look at that door. It actually you has got a better chance of seeing a panda walk down the tracks of that stupid light rail than you do actually seeing the train. <laughs> That's true. You know what? I'm going to f- start putting more time and energy. My class is over. I'm going to put time and energy into getting that light rail by 2026. Good luck. You know, I live on the other side. She lives on the south side of it. And I kind of live on the north side of it. And yep. to this day, every time I drive by, I go, 
Nothing. Ha- they haven't even moved that little trolley that's on there or whatever that thing yeah. is. It's Nothing so, moves. It's so beautiful. I was there last. <laughs> I was yeah. there, uh, yeah, last night, and I was looking at the lights. They have all different colored lights that like change their LED. It's pristine. Well, Maybe they can do like the Minnesota Zoo did, and um, what they did with the old monorail track. They just turned it into a walking path. Yeah, they did. Maybe, maybe Chris. that's a, a great idea for oh. the light rail next. Look right? at the time, Chris. Looks like you're sca- you got to wrap it up, bro. And you could walk directly from Brittany's and Eden Prairie mm-hmm. all the way to the game in downtown Minneapolis. It'd be yeah. perfect. Because unless John Henry's making a comeback, that light rail is not getting finished anytime soon. Ooh. John Henry. What a what a name drop! Yeah, they, exactly. I, of all the references, that took me a sec, Kevin. Nice, good one. Of all the references yeah, on the show today, I did not expect a John Henry reference. <laughs> well, how about a Patrick Henry reference? He ain't doing so well right now. No, he's not. Not not. Yeah. I was going to bring that up yesterday, but the Henrys are having a rough go. Patrick Henry High School in North Minneapolis is going to become Camden High School in North Minneapolis because Patrick Henry, I don't know that he owned slaves, but I think he traded them. I think that's how it went. I, I'm not really sure. I don't. He had some involvement in. Some the, involvement. That, that's yeah. a good way to put it. He had some involvement in slavery, so they're taking his name down, which they should. Yeah. No yeah. question. My high, my high school got changed, and it was so funny to see my Facebook that week. People who like barely graduated that high school for all of a sudden really cared about the name. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How dare they? Is that instant like, outrage? Ah. Oh, what about my letter jacket? Can I not wear that now that I'm 35? <laughs> what was that like Henry Sibley or something? Was that it? Where'd you yeah, go? It was Henry Sibley. It was Henry the, Sibley. Yeah. Two rivers or three rivers. I always forget. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I just honestly forget. What does he uh-huh. do? Henry Sibley, I don't know what he did. I went to that school. I didn't learn history. No. Oh, that's nice. They never told you what he did, why he should be going to a school named Sibley after was, him. Uh, wasn't he a former, because um, there's the Sibley House in downtown, uh, or uh, right there off um, West 7th. Yeah. In St. Yep. Paul, too. Yep. Um, and we did a thing about this. I should know this. Uh, he did some questionable things. I'll just, like, I get why they changed the name. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I don't care. I don't. There's no like thing I have to change. I don't have my high school diploma framed or anything. There's no like yeah. redactions I have to make. No, Henry Sibley. It looks like he would had something to do with uh, his role in the Dakota War of 1862 and the largest mass execution in the nation's history. Oh, he had the, the with the the, the Dakota. Um, so he probably execution. yeah massacred massacred a bunch of Native Americans is what it not the one you want. No, you like. probably shouldn't have a school named after him. Though. Yeah, probably yeah. not. There you go. Probably true. I just went with the old North. North. Nice. Pretty tough to remove the name North. I would. <laughs> Although they reported yesterday in Star Tribune, uh, North Minneapolis High School gets name change. That's how it was reported. And I went. And they didn't even mention oh, that's Patrick. that's confusing, Henry. isn't it? Yeah. It's very confusing because my yeah. high school was North High School. So it's like, they're going to, why would they change the name of, oh, we don't like North. We're, and they already have a South, so we can't have that either. Was there an East or a West High School? I don't know. I don't know if there was or not. 
West not Tonka. West Tonka, that's true. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, tomato, it's tomato. Little, it's a little... <laughs> you guys, I'm sorry. It's a tad bit further west than Minneapolis. I'm just saying, I'm there's, sorry. If I had to think of a, a school little. with the west, and that was the first one, if we were playing these categories, a, I would get the point. There's okay? a West L.A. high school as well. Yeah, yeah. Chris, <laughs> Chris is putting his earpiece in. He's got to go. All right, on that note. All right, Chrissy. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye, guys. Have a good day. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Eggert. News brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh for your free 48-minute financial evaluation. Chris Eggert doing a, a brilliant report, I think. As I always. Think he could step yeah. it up. He could step it up be better. <laughs> yeah. I understand your viewpoint. There's no question about it. Get off your ass, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Like, tell us saying? an actual story sometimes. It's all... Oh, that's negative. Amazing how tough she gets once his, yeah. his camera disconnects. Yeah. I would love to see this to his face. Oh, my gosh. He just came at me like five times. Jesus. All right, got to take a break just to get away from Brittany. That's why we're taking a break. What do you think? I understand. I, I like understand. It. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and Subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. A little news, a little information. Jeff Hoser's just got here. I like Jeff Hoser. He's a good guy. Oh, yeah. Very, very funny. Very nice. And uh, when he gets back in, hopefully, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him to stand up so you can see his pants. Because <laughs> it was just brought up by, well, Josh Arnold brought it up the other day. He was on the mm. flight many, many years ago. I was on a flight from Chicago back to Minneapolis. And I was wearing pink Zubas. Ooh. Yeah, that's still bizarre to me because you don't seem like a <laughs> pink Zubas type of guy. I once was talking to Catherine and I was like, yeah, uh, the first time I met Tom, I was wearing sweatpants in the studio. And he was like, wow, we're the way to step up for work. And <laughs> Catherine was like, you're talking about the guy who literally wore Zubas half of his career. That's true. It's absolutely yeah. true. There's no question about it. Ladies and gentlemen... Please welcome one of my favorites, Laws of Annihilation, Eric LaSalle. How you doing, Eric? Good, good. How are you? I'm magnificent. I got to ask you a question. Well, you probably don't even see this, the, the thing they send out to promote your appearance on the show. There are two pictures of you, and there's one current day and one from maybe a couple of years ago. But that picture, you know the one where you, you, got the, you got the kind of the afro going and you got the scarf around your neck? You know that picture I'm talking about? It's a very famous picture, actually. No, I don't. Oh, Eric, it's a great okay. picture. I, I was just happy to see it because it, you look like you're a serious man. Eric LaSalle, actor, director, producer, author, best known worldwide television audiences for his portrayal of the commanding Dr. Peter Benton in the award-winning, critically acclaimed medical drama ER. So I will now shut up, Eric, and uh, I want to hear you talking about Laws of Annihilation. What's that all about, sir? Uh, Laws of Annihilation is the third novel in a, a, a thriller series. Um, and the series is uh, called the Martyr Maker series. Um, and it's um, very, like, tonally, it's like in the vein of the movie Seven. Um, you have oh. two, um, two cops. One is Irish-Italian-American, uh, and one is African-American. And they are considered the best closers of cases in New York City. They end up teaming up with a uh, 
high-profile serial killings. And so the, in the third installment, we have um, hate crimes. Uh, so in the first couple of chapters, two rabbis are viciously murdered in a synagogue. And so they are investigating this crime. Uh, they later find out that um, an African-American activist has been kidnapped uh, along with a Jewish-American um, the son of a rabbi has been kidnapped, and they've been imprisoned, and they hate each other. <laughs> so, you know, the book deals with racial discord. Um, there's the threat of a race war that someone is sort of helping to manipulate, so you have the presence of white supremacists. Um, so, un- unfortunately, it's very reflective of what's happening today, or today is very reflective of what, you know, what we're talking about. So, uh, no one, you know, it's 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 sad that, you know, we're still dealing with this stuff at this level, um, but the book explores, um, you know, racial discord, um, racial hatred, um, the, the threat of total destruction from race wars, um, and so, the, you know, it feels very um, relevant and resonant of, you know, the times that we're living in and, and what we've been going through, and, uh, it's, you know, so it's, 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 it's scary, but, you know, people are responding to it because of that and reviews and, the, um, you know, it's popping up on, um, you know, bestsellers lists, um, I think, because it does feel so timely and it does feel so relevant, um, which, you know, I, I, in some ways I wish it didn't, of course, you know, you don't want to, you know, you, you want this stuff to stop, but um, that's, that's pretty much what the book, um, you know, deals with. Ben, Eric, that had to shock you that that... Uh right when Laws of Annihilation comes out, that this happens in the real world as well. Uh, I, I will never, I grew up in a neighborhood that was Catholic, black, and Jewish in North Minneapolis. There were Jews, black people, and Catholics. That's who was there. I don't remember very much discord at all. We all got along. The area, uh, you know, most of the area was very, very poor. So there could have been a lot of discord, but there just wasn't back back in the day, and I don't know why that was. So for me now, watching this whole thing going on uh, makes me very, very sad, I, I will tell you that. And I still don't understand that if you have such a deep belief that there is a God, I'm pretty sure if there is a God, they would not be too happy with what's going on on this planet. i, I got to be honest with you. Uh, no, I, 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 feel, I feel the same, and I think what's... I think what's really, really sad is just even something simpler on it. I'm, I'm a believer of God. I never put my spirituality on other people, whether mm-hmm. a person chooses to believe in God or not. But one thing we do believe in, we believe in the value of the life of loved ones. And so I don't understand how, you know, on one hand, you can value life to the left so much and devalue it so much to the right. You know what I mean? Or vice versa. And when I say left and right, I'm not talking politics. I'm just simply saying, you know, yeah. if I'm of this belief, if I'm of one belief, if I'm of one community, then the value of life is so important. But I devalue life in any other community or, you know, and, and, and that's, that's just confounding to me. That's just, that's just something that, I mean, if you value life, you value life. And um, I'm not talking, I'm not, and I'm not even talking mili- military has its job to do, whether one agrees with it or not, politicians have their job. I'm, just, I'm talking communities. I'm talking mm, yes. Communities, you know what I mean? And, and so, um, so that's, you know, but that's something that we explore in the book, um, because the book also 
really um, delves into the concept of tribalism, the tribes that we're born into, the tribes that we create, the tribes that we choose, the tribes that we reject, uh, the tribes that we hate simply because they're different tribes. Um, and so there's a, there's a level of, you know, religious tribalism, cultural tribalism, and, and but yet, you know, we have all of this discord and this disconnect. So I, I like exploring those different elements, um, but like I said, it is sad that the book is so relevant with what's going on in the world right now. Um, you know, it's you know you don't want to promote a book based on no. people dying in the real world, but that's the whole point of you know the the, the, the theme of this book is where do we find ourselves if we don't somehow correct the course that we're on? Where do we find ourselves? So it's in, in 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 looking and examining those things, ironically, it led me to exactly where we are right now in the world. And that's, you know, that's scary, you know, quite honestly. There's no question about that. Eric LaSalle, our very special guest, his book, Laws of Annihilation. Uh, yeah, you, you definitely saw this whole deal come. I, I, here's what I don't understand. I grew up Catholic. Um, not an over, overly religious guy. I do believe there's a greater good. There is a God. I mean, it's not a coincidence that God is a shortened version of the word good and de-evil, devil. I mean, it's kind of obvious where they got these two things. And I don't understand how, no matter what side you're on, if you have a belief in God, how can you be so vicious and cruel? Right. It makes no right. sense to me, Eric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, and again, you know, by, in Laws of Annihilation, by opening up in the first two chapters and, you know, two rabbis are viciously killed in a synagogue. Yeah. And, you know, and again, when we deal with tribalism and we deal with what people believe, it's just like, well, my thing is, and there's actually a line in the book, um, which is, you know, I don't care what a person believes and who they believe in, but if what you believe is not elevating you for more to, to more compassion and and kindness and understanding and tolerance of people, then I think you're I think you're worshiping the wrong God. I think you're worshiping the wrong thing. And we have people it. make gods of all types of things, you know what I mean? But uh, I'm not I'm not saying one has to believe the way everyone believes. I'm just simply saying however you choose to believe, whether it's Judaism, whether it's Buddhism, whether it's Muslim, what whatever you believe um, Christianity, and we've seen hypocrites in all of these fields. Oh, yeah. oh, you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, so, so that just because you have the title, uh, and that's what I like about, you know, one of the things in the book of just examining, just because you have a title, does it, you, I show flawed characters, I show flawed on all sides, I show flaws in the um, Hasidic um, Jewish community, I show the flaws uh, in the African American community, I show the flaws in the white community. It's my job to just objectively put out the things and let people, you know, sort of draw their own conclusions as to who do they relate to the most, what ideology do they, what dogma do they um, gravitate towards. And so, but as the artist, you just put stuff out objectively and say, okay, you know, like I present, we have a racist African-American guy who is imprisoned with a racist Jewish guy in a basement. So it's very reminiscent of, like, the defiant ones with Sidney Poitier and yeah. Tony Curtis back yep. in the day, you know, where they're, they're chained together, they hate each other because one is white and one is black, but then they learn their only chance for survival is somehow 
trying to figure all this craziness out. And that's what this book does. It explores, like, at some point, no matter who you think you hate, if there's a greater evil um, over both of you, you have to figure that out. Because let me tell you, if we got invaded by aliens tomorrow, there'd be a whole lot of humans working together <laughs> that, have had, that, have had, that have had differences. And they'd have to, you know, I'm not going to say it's going to go smoothly. I'm just simply saying that survival becomes greater because there is now this entity over you. And so I think it's the same thing. I think we've got to somehow figure this stuff out. And that's one of the themes of the book. And, and as dark as we, you know, we explore some very dark things in you know, human nature um, in the book. But at the end of the day, there is light at the end. You know, there is a light at the book. In the book, that's what I really like, that there is encouragement. And without being preachy, but it does offer some light. I know you probably have to go, Eric, which I, I wish you didn't. I wish you had all day to be with us because you're leaving a very positive message. But uh, one of my favorite things, and again, I, I, I certainly believe there are things a lot bigger than I am, uh, and they can call it whatever they want, but it's, if it's my form of God is whatever it is that did all this fine work. I show up on the planet. I'm enjoying it. I didn't do it. So there's got to be a greater good out there. There's no doubt about that. And I will close with this. Uh, look at it this way. There's a very famous painting out there where it's split from the bottom left to the upper right by a bar. On the upper left, there is a football player on his knees thanking God for scoring a touchdown. And on the bottom of the picture is Jesus with his feet up watching hockey. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we need go. to get, Eric. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I've always, always enjoyed your work. Eric LaSalle, ladies and gentlemen, the book is called Laws of Annihilation. Thank you so much for your time this morning, sir. Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Have a good day, sir. God, I like his work. How about that? You think he could pick up any chicks with that picture on yeah. the left there? Oh, well, that's from uh, Coming to America. Yeah, is that yeah. what it is, Coming yeah. to America? Yeah, because you, you used to be buddies with Louis Anderson, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, him. Yeah, they starred together in that yep. in that movie. And, uh, Louis, I miss What did you bring Louis up for? And I'm going to tear up the pills. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I will tell you one thing that, as long as you mention it, and Jeff Hoser's in the studio with us now, ladies and gentlemen, St. Paul Comedy All-Stars. Uh, it's on Wednesday. Yes, sir. I, thank you for, because my birthday is tomorrow, so thanks for not having it on my birthday. That, oh, you know, yeah, no, we needed a way today, for sure. Drawing yeah. everybody away Everybody's from Everybody's got to recover. Yeah, got to recover from the birthday. No question about it. But I, what the hell is I just talking about? We were just talking about something. What were we talking about? Louis Anderson. You said you were, that brought something up. He was a huge, huge friend. My mother and he became really good friends. My mother adored Louis Anderson. And every time he came to town, he'd go over to finally to the, uh, the home and visitor and all the rest of that. And I, I just, Louis and those two, when they'd start schmoozing, it's like, oh, would you two just shut up for God's sake? It would just go on and on and on. He comes to me one day and he goes, your mother is a piece of work. And I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> Apparently he went and visited her, and I ran into him. He came in and did the show later on, or the next day, actually. And he said, I'm sitting in the middle of a rest home at a table with your mother. And she leans over and she goes, Louie, you see that guy over there about 10 feet to your left? He goes, yeah, yeah, toots, I see him. What about him? 
Yeah, he's been trying to scramble my eggs. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you're 90. I'm sure that's exactly what's going on. My mother thinks everybody's hitting on her. So that's awesome. Brittany, you knew my mother a bit, didn't you? No, I never, never got, got to, to meet, meet her. her. No, but I always feel like I know Toots. I, I, I'm dying. I would love you to someday bring in a video of her because you've done so many impressions of her that I feel like I wonder what's in my head is accurate right. to what's... I want to know if the voice is actually as deep oh, as you make it sound. She's got a she had a very deep voice. You kids behave in there. I also hope that when I'm that age, I also think guys are just constantly trying to get in my pants. Like I want to well, assume well, that as well. Well, that's exactly what it is too. Yeah. It's yeah. like I know I'm 88 years old, but they still want me. I, I, I understand that to and, be true. And if she thought yeah. that about that guy, I just want to know all the other things that she thought were going on <laughs> at, the, at the home. Yeah. She had, and what's funny, my mother was an ardent Democrat. I mean, she was a big-time Democrat. You go to her house, she would have about 50 little angel statues because she was Catholic. So mm -hmm. she yeah. the, loved it. In the middle of the angel, like 50 angel statues, there's a statue of Louis Anderson. Remember that one he put out there? He had the bobblehead. Yep. Louis Anderson and another one of Tim Pawlenty. I'm like, what? <laughs> Mom, you're a big-time Democrat. He's a big-time Republican. He's a good guy. Just settle down. Praise be. Yeah, praise be. <laughs> if they ever started a Toots and Louie show, I would watch that. Oh, God, oh. those two? Yeah. Take it on stage, man. It would be unbelievable. Well, and then, Brittany, at that age, uh, scramble is the only thing somebody could do to your eggs. There's no more <laughs> over-easy when no. you're 90. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yep, that's so a true, very Jeff, good point. Yes. Very, very good point, ladies and gentlemen. Again, Laugh Camp located on Robert Street in the heart of downtown, 490 Robert Street, North St. Paul, Minnesota, 55101. So what's this all about, Pally? Oh, man. So um, my good friends, Jesse the Shrink and, uh, and Nathan Hood, they are producing this show because they felt like so much action is happening in Minneapolis all the time. Let's yeah. get the St. Paul All-Stars. So some of the best comics it. living in the capital city mm -hmm. uh, putting a show on. So there's a lot of a lot of folks, but um, uh, I think we're going to pack the house, and it's going to oh, be yeah. really great. Who are, some, who are some of the other All-Stars? Uh, well, so there's too many to name, but some of the big hitters, Maggie Ferris, uh, Tiffany Norton, uh, Elise Cole, Robert Brill, and myself. You see my big hairy yeah. mug on all the posters. <laughs> Um, and then maybe just a handful of others, uh, some of the newer comics too. But they're all very funny, and the all all St. Paul folks. And I love. Uh, have you been over to the camp bar? Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, it's good. Oh, yeah, I could see you kind of dancing it up back in dancing the day. Dancing up. Yeah. <laughs> Never drank, but. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, me either, Tom. It's been a year or two since that Catherine made a suggestion. You know who should stop drinking? That'd be you. Oh, fun. <laughs> like, okay, my dear, uh, boy, look at the time. I would like to schmooze, but I like the fact that we had Jesse the body. Now we have Jesse the shrink. Absolutely. That's a yeah. good plan. It's a good you, move. You need a you need a hard contrast like that. Kind of like I got nervous when I sat down, and it's like, what? Well, laws of annihilation? And now comedian Jeff Ozer. I'm like, are you trying to make me work harder? <laughs> or am I going to be funnier and contrast all the yeah. death and destruction yeah. of that book Ooh, oh my goodness now the jesse the shrink and nate hood do they are do they actually get up on stage yeah they're they very do. funny yeah well, they're excellent they're, they're comics as well and they'll be hosting and and they've been producing a lot of local shows too they they have this young comic 
energy. I remember oh, when yep. I had oh. that, <laughs> where I wanted to produce things, I wanted to create stuff, and now, yeah. oh, boy, I just like showing up, yep. punching in, punching out. We need comedy now more than ever, Jeff. I'm ser- I, serious. I, we need everybody coming through town. We need to laugh. We really do. I agree. This whole situation. I, I was going to throw the numbers at, uh, at Eric LaSalle, but he didn't have time. Just doing a comparison to to World War II, if if it gets that big, and it could, if we don't insist that everybody back down and calm down, it could become a world war. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, and if we're not laughing, we're crying. I mean, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate no, to have right. been born into a family that. I mean, my, so my my mother's mom used to always say, "Laugh or go mad." Yeah, well, that's absolutely right. Yeah, and it oh, just God, we used affected to laugh us. I, we I love sitting around. You know, there were seven kids, all the rest of it, huh. sitting around my mother, and all we every weekend we'd all get together, and we'd sing songs and have a few cocktails and tell jokes. It yeah. was wonderful. Yeah. It's just a great way to live, you know. You want to laugh at stuff like that. Just, my God. But it's just, uh, yeah, I think this is a great idea. We need more and more and more comedy to come through town because for a few years there, because of COVID, and I understand, mm-hmm. uh, that nobody nobody showed up. But it's laughter is a huge, huge thing of importance in our our lives. There's no question. Yeah, yeah. we need the balance. I mean, yeah, I, every, everybody's going through some kind of level of messiness or grief or whatever it is all the time Mm -hmm. we just can't tell we're not asking each other the questions no that's true and i i will i'll throw that stat out to you again world war ii 2.2 billion people on earth 73 million of them were killed in world war ii you put those same numbers together if we ended up in world war three there are now 8.2 billion people on earth and 300 million people will die do we really want to kill 300 million people not unless you have to, I guess. <laughs> Not unless you have to. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, we can't have this. We need, first of all, our leadership worldwide is terrible right now. Mm. It's just lame as hell, don't you think? Yeah, I, uh, I think we need to uh, elect some funnier people. Oh, because I love it. here's the thing: the only funny things happen are just the accidental pratfalls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, we just need somebody with a little bit more well, sense of humor. Wasn't it Ben Glebe that was going to run for oh, president? Yeah. Oh yeah, a while ago, and he had the big campaign. Because I remember he, I was working at the House of Comedy at the time, and he mm-hmm. had come through. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm running for president." And I was, like, "Oh yeah, but that's like a bit, right?" And he, no, he's like, "I'm." Dead serious yeah. trying to be really? on the debates God, with Donald Trump. In a while. Yeah. I worked with him a few years ago at Mystic Lake, and uh, he was prepping for that show. He did a whole show mm-hmm. where he was just pitching the idea of a vote for me. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah, it was incredible. God, I have not seen him in a while. Hmm. It got well during COVID, nobody came in. They just didn't. Yeah. And that's yeah. just how it was. I yeah. just they didn't do studio tours and that kind of stuff, but well, um, I got my shots, and I'm back, baby. <laughs> I got your shots. Yeah. Did they work? I don't know. Well, the only reason I'm asking you that is I got vaccinated three times, yeah. boosted twice, got COVID twice. Yeah. It's like I took your stuff. That right. was. They shot some water in here. <laughs> Probably <laughs> true. I saw mm. an ad while watching the Vikings game for Moderna's got some new shot that they're pitching to everybody to help kill COVID now. And I was like, we're still... Pushing this hard, Moderna, you're spending your advertising dollars on a brand new 
brand new shot. They're, they're still going after it. Yeah, they're still. Moderna Gatorade. Yeah. Right. Mm. I like it. Right. Yeah. It's just, like it'll be just hydration yeah. for yeah, the inside. Got an, got an energy drink now. COVID cranberry. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think we can get this thing under control? Because it, it looks like it's ramping up to me. So can, can we get this deal under control? I don't know. I thought it was already under control. I thought it was all a thing of the past now. Yeah, that's what we used to think. Right. But there was, Who knows? Well, again, I'm sorry, and I won't drag anybody's name into it, but as soon as that money showed up, mm-hmm. $6 billion showed up, all of a sudden it's we're going to go out and just massacre everybody. Yeah. I don't get it. If somebody gave me $6 billion, I'd probably just stay at home. You'd never see me again. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> Liar. Now you'd come and flip, turn the mic on and say some words. Yeah. I'm sitting here with $6 billion in my pocket, and I'd like, did you see what Jeff Bezos did? No. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos is leaving Washington State because of the tax rate. Yeah. He's, he's going to live in your favorite state that you hate. And I love Florida. Florida. <laughs> I don't hate Florida, Jeff. You've said I don't at hate least Florida. five times once, that you hate Florida. I once said I wouldn't want to send my kid to a public school in Florida, and now Tom no, no, is no. convinced. No, no, no. I you said you Florida. hated Florida. No, it, Brittany's a hundred percent correct. She Thank was you. like, you know, the test scores are down a little bit. I don't know that I would send my kid to Florida, and then somehow it morphed into she wishes Florida would just get cut off from the United States. No, and I just don't want her ever allowed in the state again. Well, guess what? I go every year because my parents nope. live there. You nerd. Nope, you're not getting in. I'm talking to the governor. They're never going to let you back in that state. That's I'm all just going to grow out my mustache. You won't even see it coming. <laughs> I just show up with a mustache, yo. That'll work for me. No, I'd love I, I to just... send my kids to school there. I don't want them to be smarter than me. Well, I'm having a hard point. enough time yeah. as it is. You could send them to any school then because the test <laughs> stores right. across America suck. You're right. It's, a, it's not Florida. It's everywhere. The test scores are horrendous. Yeah. So, unfortunately, that's the case. But, you know, see, now that I was... Damn, but I, I, I lost my Bezos. train of... Oh, You're Bezos. Talk Bezos about his, uh, Florida. Good so thing you have all these helpers around. Oh, I need it. At this point in my life, my birthday's tomorrow, so I'm just getting older, you know. Um, Jeff Bezos has had enough of Washington's uh, taxes, mm-hmm. and he's moving his business and all everything to Florida, to Miami, actually. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's worth, what, $150 billion? I think that's yeah. about right, $150 billion? Give or take. Went down and bought two houses down in Florida. But right there, right next door to one another, for a grand total of four hundred and forty million dollars. It's a small starter home. <laughs> yeah, a small starter. What are they like? Mm. Two castles yeah. that are right next to one another. Oh my gosh. Two hundred twenty million for a house. Although there's a lot for sale in Palm Beach for two hundred million. Just the lot. Ooh, hmm. a- the lot is two hundred million dollars. Okay. It starts with a moat, and then you build in the center. Yeah. Do you think any radio people live on that island? <laughs> well, Rush Limbaugh did, I suppose. He was a radio guy. But in any case, did you, did you ever hear that story? No. So his he he died what a couple years ago? Rush yeah. did. His wife that he had a house he bought for three point four million dollars in nineteen ninety eight. Nineteen ninety eight, he bought it for three point four million dollars. She sold it to Estee Lauder's grandson Connor for a hundred and. And $25 million, and he tore it down. Wow. <laughs> oh, a teardown. Yeah. We're just going to do away with this and start over. But now you teardown. Because it, the lot right down the block is $200 million, so I suppose the lot's still worth $125 million, I guess. Yeah. Even though it doesn't have a house on it anymore. It's so much more dramatic than just saging. Like, oh, it's got bad energy. Bulldozer. Right. No, no, that's... 
I don't think Rush was a big hit on Palm Beach Island. I'm going to be honest with so. you. I'm not sure. I never hung out with him or anything, but I don't think he was that kind of fit in out there on Palm Beach Island. No, I don't think so. And what the hell. So is comedy, do people really recognize at this point that comedy is one of the most important things in our society? It, it feels like it. Everybody Good. that I talk to, Good. all the you know normies, the non-performers in my life, yeah. oh, they go, it, you're... You're a hero. I go, oh, well, please. <laughs> well, I've always please. said that, Jeff. Uh, you're just my hero, and that's just how it is. Well, and I don't even have real big, hard-hitting opinions on things. I just think getting hundreds of people, or even if it's a dozen mm-hmm. in a room mm-hmm. laughing, is the right direction. Yeah. Well, there's no question. Can we just stop with the battling over everything and have some fun, calm yeah. down? I, like I said, I grew up in a black, Jewish, and Catholic neighborhood. I mean, you would look at those three societies and go, God, you couldn't be any different. Yeah. Everybody got along. It was mm-hmm. wonderful. I don't, I remember very, very few things. And then, of course, 1967, they burned it to the ground. But other than that, other than that, other than burning think, the entire neighborhood to the ground. Do you think that had to do something with like everybody had their head down and was trying to, you know, work hard and make money that they couldn't be? It's kind of like the privilege of getting to think about the differences, you know what I mean? Like when you have to work and make sure that you're you know, putting food on the table, you don't have time to worry about what the guy next door's religion is. I hope that's true, but uh, boy, I tell you, it, it, uh, there were some problems. The one thing I will tell you as far, it was very, very sad, but it was very educational as well, that as a young boy from 5 to 11, 12 years old, I would meet my friend's grandparents, and every one of them was tattooed. Mm-hmm. Every Jew was tattooed. It was just, oh. And I asked at first, what is that? I said, you don't want to know, kid. <laughs> I remember asking a neighbor, because I grew up yeah. in the Highland Village area of St. Oh, yeah. Paul. Yeah. Oh, okay. So a lot of Jews, Russian Jews, yeah. yep. Catholics, yeah. uh, one black family uh, down the block. So it was just like yeah. North Minneapolis. Yeah. Just like North family. Minneapolis, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very diverse. <laughs> The Jones family. Uh, and, <laughs> of course and that's true. Of course it was, yeah. Nope, of that's course what, that it was, was the name. Jones family. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, boy, did I get the looks. Hey, what are those numbers on your arm? Ugh. I know. We, oh, we don't no. bring it up. But I wish people did pay attention to that. Yeah. Really, you want to hate people? Why don't you look back at somebody's great-grandmother, great-grandfather, who was tattooed and put in prison for their faith in the wrong God? Mm. Oh. It's like, What? Yeah. It's got to stop. We got to we got to stop anyway. We got to take a break. You can stay with us for a while, I hope. I'll hang out a bit if you'll have me. A bit. Oh, of course. Very good. Big shot. <laughs> we'll be right back more with Jeff Fozer. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Wednesday, as a matter of fact, St. Paul Comedy All-Stars, November 8th, this Wednesday. Laugh Camp located on Robert Street in the heart of downtown, 490 Robert Street North, St. Paul, Minnesota. And we'll be right back.